The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You are entering the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Anshu Khanna. Anshu, how are you, my friend, in your new home? Wow, I'm I'm intimidated. You rolled that one. That start was just absolute pure electricity. I can barely tell that you've been fighting a cold. That is, That's the kind of verb we need for the rest of the show, my friend. Speaking of electricity, do you have electricity already? I know you're, like, freshly moved in. <laughs> I do, I do. I, that's all I have, though. I literally, it's just like a, a, I'm in a cave, as you can probably hear. You're sitting in a fort no, no. made of cardboard boxes full of your belongings. I love it. That's it. It literally is. I, I'm sitting under a blanket right now with my cat. That, that's awesome. And I'm sure Little Smock will be featured on this episode as well. We just recorded The Leftovers. 100%. We're going to talk some NBA free agency, which is looming. Uh, if you'd like to hear some more in-depth coverage, we went very long on the leftovers. So there's about 40, 41 minutes of heated discussion about what's going to transpire in free agency. Here we're going to bring it down just a notch and talk about some odds with what's going to happen. So, Anshukana, why don't we get down to it? Let's do it. All right, I like this one. So uh, we're looking at uh, – we've, we've talked about some lines here. Uh, from our friends over at Bovada, we're going to look at their uh, their lines here for some of the futures and the specials with free agency on the horizon uh, coming up here early July. Uh, this one I, I thought was interesting. What team is going to spend the most on free agents during the free agency period? They've got the Brooklyn Nets as the big favorites at minus 300. Then the New York Knicks at plus 350. The Los Angeles Clippers at plus 325. Uh, I just I thought it was interesting. There was a, a lot of teams left off this list, and I thought it was interesting that Brooklyn was such a heavy favorite. Yeah, that is surprising. I mean, they have the money. It seems like everyone is is assuming that they're going to end up with for sure Kyrie Irving. I mean, they're the one. I feel like of all the free agents, the likeliest connection that we can put together is Kyrie to the Nets, right? And I mean. I mean, all right, so I'm not sure exactly what this means. So is it the amount that they weren't spent uh, on new players or is it on players that they, you know, potentially re-sign? You know, is it like, what? how does that it work? It says unrestricted free agents only July 1st to September 1st. Un- all seasons of all free agent contracts combined. Oh, wow. I mean, oh, geez, that's that's interesting. They're because- assuming two two max deals for sure at least. Yeah, at least, and or or you know a, a max deal like say Kyrie, then another near max like Tobias Harris maybe, and then a couple other pieces to fill out a roster. So that's an interesting one. I think that the Lakers are an interesting one too because technically they haven't spent on Anthony Davis and they will be soon. Um, although he wasn't unrestricted, so I'm, I guess that wouldn't count. So shoot, I mean, 
man, like whoever signs Kevin Durant, I, I guess if it's Kyrie and Kevin Durant, it's a no-brainer that it's the Nets, isn't it? You would think. I mean, I just, I, I, I guess they're pretty uh, sure that that's going to happen. I mean, I don't think Kevin Durant going to the the Nets is any type of a certainty to you. No, not at all. And I mean, all right, so uh, the Warriors, where are they at on that? They're not even listed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the Warriors, because if Clay and Kevin Durant are unrestricted free agents, and then they both come back to Golden State, they, they're in the exact same spot as, you know, as the Nets. So I guess the Nets are likelier to sign more guys. But, you know, the Warriors have an entire roster to fill out, as do the Lakers. Although, again, they'll have those two max guys. Um Boy, I, I'm not sure I would bet the Nets on that. I think there are a lot of other options, but they are again. They're the likeliest. They're the one team we can write almost in ink with a with one of these unrestricteds, and that's Kyrie Irving. But I also think just as likely as it is that Kyrie goes to the Nets, it's equally, if not more likely, that Clay goes to the Warriors. In which case, I don't know. I think it's pretty close. Yeah. So talking about teams, you know, there's some big players, and like I said, we talked a lot about this on the leftovers. But there's some big players. Uh, that are going to potentially play on a new team. We just talked a little bit about Kevin Durant. Uh, interestingly enough, they do have the Brooklyn Nets as even money to sign Kevin Durant, and they have the New York Knicks as the third team behind the Golden State Warriors, who are at plus 235, the Knicks at plus 300. They don't really have a dark horse here, so it looks like it's a three-team race, at least as far as the lines are concerned, uh, with the Nets the favorite. Yeah, and I I definitely feel like the oh, – man – I would say Warriors or Nets, and and I I lean slightly towards the Warriors. I guess like fifty one forty nine. I don't think I don't think the Nets or I'm sorry, I don't think the Knicks are a real option anymore. Although they came in, you know, they trade Porzingis essentially specifically to get Durant and probably Kyrie. Now it sounds like Kyrie is not going there, most likely. And um, you know, I, I'm just not sure about Durant. There's been rumors out there. It's just so Knicks. It's so Knicks that they end up with nothing and they lose their best player. Maybe they'll the sign goal. Carmelo again. <laughs> but, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they're screwed. They're going to end up with, like, Tobias Harris on a near match. You could just see Jimmy Butler signing there, couldn't you? I mean, if he doesn't go to the Clippers with Kawhi. <laughs> oh, boy, that would be, that would be something. That's, it's so fun because, like, there are all these different combinations of potential guys going together, which kind of sucks, but also is sort of interesting. I, to me, like Kawhi and Jimmy together is, is an odd fit, but obviously they're both good players and, you know, they, they would needless to say coexist just because anyone can pretty much play with Kawhi, but that's not a lot of shooting right there. If I'm, you know, as far as if you're adding two stars together, there's, that's probably the worst three point duo of anyone. So we just talked a little bit about Kawhi, obviously. They still have the Raptors at minus 175 on here, and the, the Clippers are at plus 190. I think maybe if that was a week ago, do you think that line would have been significantly different? I mean, it sounds like it sounds like Kawhi is giving Toronto a legitimate chance. He's willing to listen to their final pitch, uh, which I think was always the case. But, uh, you know, it sounds like the, the Raptors are the favorite here, at least as far as betting lines are concerned. And then they've got the Clippers at plus 190 and the Lakers at plus 275. It's really another three-team race, it seems like. Yeah, plus 275 seems a little rich for me. Like, I, I don't think they're that close. But, again, they clear the space today to give them the opportunity to get them. And I mean, if that's the case, they, they have to at least be in the conversation. I just don't, you alluded to this on leftovers. And, and I mean, I, I feel like there's, I just don't see Kawhi going as the third fiddle to anybody. Um, and maybe, and probably not the second fiddle to anyone. So 
I don't love that. Um, I, I do think that the Clippers and Raptors are, are basically in a dead heat. I don't think you could tell me that one is likelier than the other. So I would take the value there on the Clippers personally. But, you know, it's and anyone who says they know it either is lying to you or is like best buds with, Ky- with Kawhi because I, I don't think anybody knows really. What about Kyrie? So he's the the last of these big three that uh, we're going to see signed somewhere this offseason. I mean, the, the Nets are huge favorites here at minus 550, the Lakers at plus 250, and then nobody's even close after that. Wow, Lakers plus 250 is real interesting because you wonder, will he wait? Like, what you know, the sequencing of this is super interesting. Will he wait to see what Ka- Kawhi does? Like, will the Lakers make him? If, if Kyrie says, I will sign with you right now, you can't wait around for Kawhi though, because otherwise I'm going to the Nets with Durant or, you know, there's like, there's so many balls in the air. Like, would, I, I mean, would he wait? Would he say, all right, I, I get it. I get on your second fiddle to Kawhi. Or would he just say, you know, screw this. I'm going to Brooklyn. You lost your chance. And then maybe leave the Lakers, you know, holding the bag a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Brooklyn's basically uh, happening. I mean, I, I don't see why it wouldn't. You know, he signs with, uh, what is it, Rock, um, Yep. Yeah. Rock, Rock Nation. Sports. Rock Nation Sports. Rock Nation. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of was the the first move in in a series that seemed make it seem like he's going to end up in in Brooklyn, and whether or not D'Angelo Russell stays there remains to be seen. Um, but it, you know, it, it, it'll be Kyrie's team. He's been wanting to play in New York for a while. At least he's he's kind of alluded to that. Didn't like Boston. He hated Cleveland. At least we found out after the fact. I think Kyrie's going to end up in Boston, and he's going to be the Stephon Marbury from when he was on the Nets of the NBA for the rest of his career. <laughs> that's such a good comparison my god like what marbury was to what he became i mean it's so perfect and i could absolutely see it i mean it, it makes a lot of sense and we've called him a poison i call him that all the time like yeah i just there are other guys out there i would rather have i you said he was the third of the big three i just candidly when you take the whole package all together i just would never give him a max deal unless it meant for sure i was getting durant or or you know another piece because I just I wouldn't want to be stuck with just Kyrie I think that you can do better and and frankly I just don't think he's he's never going to be the best player on a championship team that's just the absolute flat out fact unless it's the Beijing Ducks or whatever the team that Marbury <laughs> played for he, the Dragons the Beijing Dragons or whatever so Marbury was like the, the highest scoring player in the history of like Chinese basketball league history or whatever and I could I could totally see Kyrie taking that same path. I can see that too, and yeah, just like I can't, I can't deal with American sports anymore. Like just you know the the weird nonsense things that he says and does. He's insane. Like his his Instagram this week was just nuts too. He's that dude is is off the the reservation, and you know, like when he's wherever he signs, he's gonna be you know model citizen to start and be Mister you know everything's good, and then within six months you've got the world is a cube bullshit and all that. It's it's just. Kyrie being Kyrie, and unless he has the right player next to him, I'm just not sure. And even if it's Durant, like, I think that Durant and him would potentially have problems, too. I don't really like him with anyone except for LeBron, only because LeBron knows how to baby him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there's not just screws loose with the Kyrie situation at this point. I mean, he is the screw, and he's looking for the machine. So it's just it's not. It's, just, it's way past fixable at this point. It is, for sure. So you mentioned the big deal. Uh, one one last thing before we get to a quick break and then talk about the rookies. 
how much do you think the largest deal in free agency will be worth? And obviously this is alluding to the Supermax because the number is set at $195.5 million, and they have the under at minus 350 with the over at plus 225. Does anybody get a Supermax that's a free agent this offseason, meaning they go back to their original team that can offer them that? Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that limits it to uh, not even Clay. Clay can't even get the Supermax because he didn't make that all-NBA team thanks to a bunch of weird voters. And, I mean, I think that – so it basically leaves Kemba. Durant. Durant signing the max. Right. That's right. Kemba. Um, I don't believe Middleton is eligible for the Supermax. He's eligible for the five-year deal. Um, is Kyrie man, or No. I think Kyrie is – he's definitely not getting – I actually know. I don't think he made the All-NBA well, he's not going anywhere. Year. Right, right. Um, yeah, right. I, I mean, not. Butler. I, mean, I would have said, said I thought Kemba would have taken it and stayed, but it doesn't look like that's Is happening. Butler? I feel like Butler might be. And Kawhi. Kawhi's got to be yeah, in there. Kawhi. I don't think – is Kawhi? I want to know the I list of the is. players that are eligible for a supermax. I think I should have looked that up prior to this question. It can't be. It can't be Kawhi. It can't be Kawhi because I think that he. No, it's got to be, and it can't be Jimmy either or Kyrie. You have to have stayed with the team for like two years or something. There's some caveat in there, but I, I think that it's basically just. I think it might just be Durant, and he would have to sign the supermax. Kemba which I'm too. not sure. Kemba he would. for sure too. And Kemba, right, 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 Kemba too. I think it's just them too. And, um, look yeah, I mean, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I mean, I, if I'm Durant, I would definitely strongly consider that because again, you would be able to control the ability to get traded, but unfortunately you couldn't control to where you would get traded. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot hanging in the balance for Kevin Durant's career here. And I mean, I, I think that that's an, at least an interesting one, but clearly the favorites are the under. And I, I agree with that. What a fun question for me to head to break on, huh? With that, why don't we hear a message from our friends over at Podcast One and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Prepare to get stunned. The Steve Austin Show is back and better than ever. And I've been kicking his ass, kicked out of the pile driver. you, it's time to go home. With new exciting episodes featuring tales from his new life, unbelievable past interviews, and talks to pro wrestling pals, you name it, Steve's on it. You're a hell of a damn wrestler. Download new episodes of the Steve Austin Show every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. All right, Anchu, if that didn't make you want a shotgun a beer, I don't know if there's <laughs> anything in life that will. I mean, I'm thinking Milwaukee's best. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Bush Light. What did, what did Steve drink? Stay? Uh, stay? Stone Cold Steve. I think they were two Budweiser's, two cold Budweiser's. Oh, wow, right up my alley. Yeah, that's you. That's all you. It's just been a while since I've watched WWF, but uh, that takes me back. I don't know if you were a wrestling guy, but back in the, my childhood oh, yeah. days, I was obsessed. For sure, 100%. I was obsessed. DX, you kidding me? Oh, dude, all of it. Bring, take all me of back. it, all of it. All right, let's talk about rookies. Let's go. We talked about the draft. I mean, that last week's show was pretty much all draft, wasn't it? We were heavy draft on Fantasy Hour. Uh, Let's Mm -hmm. talk about these rookies, and they've got odds to win Rookie of the Year. And you posed a question at the end of the leftovers. Who outside of Zion Williamson will win Rookie of the Year? They do have him at minus 250 as the favorite. And then to your question, they've got John Moran at plus 500, R.J. Barrett, at plus 600, Darius Garland from my Cavs at plus 1,200. Oh, there you go. Andre Hunter at plus 1,800. Uh, rounding out the top seven, we've got Jarrett Culver and Michael Porter Jr., both at plus 2,500. I, I like the dark Ooh. horse at Kobe White at plus 
No, you don't. You definitely don't. Um, Dude, I I love the R.J. Barrett value there. I mean, it's going to be Zion. Like, if he's healthy, it's going to be him. He's going to start. He's going to be incredible. But, you know, R.J. Barrett is going to have, especially if they don't sign Kyrie and or Durant, or even if they send Durant, if they don't sign Kyrie, it's going to be the R.J. Barrett show. And, I mean, I know they have Dennis Smith who loves chucking. And, you know, they've got Knox and Mitchell Robinson and whatever. Who cares? Those guys all are whatever. And, and I mean, I just – I think Barrett comes in. He's going to have the ball a ton. He's going to shoot a ton. And I could see him racking up the numbers that he needs to win rookie of the year if Zion gets hurt at some point. Yeah, I really don't see it being anybody outside of those three. I think John Morant is the guy who is the flashiest of the three. Um, obviously, Zion's the highlight reel. But I think John Morant, with his natural ability to just find open guys – uh, on a, on when he's playing on an NBA team, and obviously, you know, we we joked about this on the leftovers that uh, the Memphis Grizzlies aren't really an NBA team right now. But he's going to be able to be playing with professional athletes as opposed to guys who are you know walking on at Warheads. yeah where where, did, where the hell Belmont they or <laughs> yeah uh, Murray State Murray State yeah. so yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it's a little different ball game up at the big leagues, but I think John Morant is an interesting at plus five hundred. Uh, fade there that you could potentially win a little bit of money on. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, I think Zion's the obvious choice, like we've alluded to. And, and uh, it's just going to be fun because I think this is a very deep rookie class, and there's a lot of guys in this rookie class that are going to get a lot of playing time and get playing time early. Uh, but not only that, it, there's there's a lot of depth in this class too. So the summer league's going to be interesting. Some of these undrafted free agents that were signed, uh, there's a lot of names on those lists that you recognize. So you know there's going to be guys really fighting for opportunities not just to play on the uh, the 15-man roster, but also to, to play in the G League and uh, try to get a two-way contract at some point during the season. So the NBA has done a really good job in recent years of making this a year-round sport. And, uh, you know, when they have They're the draft. They're trying to do more, right after, too. Yeah, they have the draft right after the season. You know, then they move right into free agency. Then you have summer league ball. And before you know it, the, the season's there again. And they're trying to make some adjustments, as you just alluded to, to the, the, the NBA season as well, potentially shortening it up, potentially having a, a midseason tournament and then a play-in tournament for the playoffs. So uh, just while we're on that topic, what are your thoughts on some of those changes? I mean, I, I think it's really interesting. It's the idea of trying to reduce tanking, I think, in general and, um, you know, bring something else to the table. I, I think that Summer League has been a success. And I think that this year, Summer League, especially for Zion, is just going to be it's going to be a huge deal this year. And, uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is likely to debut as well, as you alluded to with the, the rookie of the year odds. And I, I mean, I think it's going to be really fun. And I like that idea. What, why, like, what's the harm in doing more tournaments and especially you know, for the younger players, uh, especially when, you know, in a few years we're going to have the double draft and players are going to be able to leave straight from high school into the NBA likely, you know, when that happens, I mean, you're going to need as many games as you can as a young player against this top level competition. And uh, I just don't see any real harm in it. Yeah. I mean, if it weren't for the tanking, would you like it? Because for me, I I like the the 82 game season. I like the way things are now. I don't want to see it change, but because of the tanking, I feel like it's almost necessary that they make some changes to try to avoid teams doing this. That's exactly it. And I mean, I, I, not just tanking, it's also like the resting of players yep, and, absolutely. you know, it, everything, you know, sort of is jiving together to make this work. And I just, I think it's a really creative idea. 
Yeah. I never really thought of it. I know that the soccer is kind of different and to sort of take a page out of that book is, is questionable at this, you know, in this country, if, if that's going to work, but I, I just think, I think it's going to work. You know, we've seen the WBC have varied success, but I think basketball is becoming such a, a supernova as far as popularity goes. And it's, it, I think it makes more, just a ton of sense. Just give us more, especially with the young players, give, you know, the crappy teams, their fan base is something to really root for. And uh, I mean, I have no problem with it, but you're right. The tanking, the problem is tanking is a thing and, and it's only going to get worse. And so, um, yeah, like I, I clearly the lottery odds thing isn't, isn't helping enough to offset that. So maybe those things all in concert will help do that. I can only hope. I mean, the last thing I want is big changes to be made and them not help to affect the things that they want changed. All right, let's <laughs> end point. it with this on you. NBA championship odds. Obviously, the Lakers opening up the big max deal opportunity has put them into the lead as far as odds go at plus 250. They still have the Raptors at plus 600, uh, which makes me think that, uh, at least from an odds maker standpoint, they feel Kawhi will stay in Toronto. And then your Bucks, your team in the north, plus 650. <laughs> Golden State's dropped all the way to plus 800 now, but they're still at fourth, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm fading the Lakers. I just don't think that they're going to do it. I, I don't. I know that there's. This is all flattened and deservedly so with what's happened with the Warriors, but I just think it's going to take longer than that for the for the Lakers to coalesce. And I do think that wherever Kawhi goes, I, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but he is that good. He is that good of a singular talent that you know wherever he goes, that team should be the favorite. And I think that's the only reason. The Raptors aren't the favorites right now because if you told me right now he was definitely on the Raptors, I would make them the favorites. Would you? I mean, he – yeah, I would. I, I, I think I think he's become what LeBron was in the East. I mean, he, he proved yes. it with, with the game winner against Philly and, you know, what he was able to do in the finals. I think he's that now. And I that's why I, like, I, I didn't think LeBron should leave the East. I think Kawhi mm-hmm. should just stay put and, and try to build something, try to build a legacy in Toronto. And even if he just – even if he just does it for one year and then decides to leave next year and does a one and one type of a deal, why not try to see if you could create a, a you know a dynasty in Toronto? I mean, I know that sounds crazy to say that, but he has the ability to, to do that, and they're going to try to build a team around him to continue to make them competitive. Uh, and obviously, they had one that was competitive this past season, and, and their biggest foe, Golden State, is a very hobbled going into next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're super vulnerable. I think that they're properly eh, – I'd probably still – if you had to give me a toss-up between the Lakers or Warriors, I think that the Warriors are still probably my guess to finish a little bit better. I just – I think that the under undercard of the season is that LeBron is third all-time in total minutes played. That's insane. Like, just think of how old some of these guys are when we say they're broken down. And, I mean, LeBron is obviously in incredible health. It's, it's unreal what he's done. But, like – are they, they don't necessarily have shoes as presently comprised. I think that they, I think it's a stretch to make them the favorites and I wouldn't even put them as a favorite. Look, if the Sixers bring back Butler and Harris and Reddick, which they can afford all three of them, if they do that, like why, why aren't they better than the Lakers? Why aren't they maybe better than the Raptors too? And I, I mean, I just, I hope Kawhi goes back because I think that it, it opens things up for everyone if he does. And you know, if he goes to the Lakers, it's a joke. But, like, if, if he goes anywhere else, especially if he stays, I think it, it really opens the door. And I, I, you know, I keep saying this, and I know I probably sound biased, but I still, you know, Giannis is only getting better. And that team is still going to be really good, especially if they bring back Brogdon. You add Kemba Walker to the Celtics. I just think next year is going to be a wild year where no one really has any idea, as long as the Lakers don't send Kawhi. 
What about the Mavericks as a dark horse for Kemba? I mean, I know they are interested oh, in him. I love they get that. Porzingis yeah. back. They get Doncic back, or obviously back, um, in his second year after after winning Rookie of the Year. I mean, that would be an interesting team as well, kind of a three-headed monster there if we get Porzingis back to being the, play, the type of player he was before his injury, and then you obviously you know, get getting Kemba. Is that something you see realistically potentially happening? I, I would love that. I think that the Mavericks are going to throw everything they have at him, and I think he's an absolutely perfect fit as a veteran piece to go along with those young players. Um, you know, assuming Porzingis can stay healthy, I feel like Porzingis is a guy that we just all forgot how good he was. You know, it's been so long since he's been on the court, and when he is out there and, you know, when he's back to being, you know, front and center, I just – I think that that team could absolutely be a dark horse. What about the Nuggets? You had, like, yeah, they've got money to – yeah, I mean, they're they're supposedly in the running for Tobias Harris. You had him to that team. You know, the Blazers have a little bit of money. I just, I think that there's, there are a lot. There's, this has to be the first time, and I'm not even joking when I say this, in my lifetime, that any of, like, you could convince me any of seven to ten teams could win it. Yeah, that's fun. It's that's, crazy. That's fun. It just it doesn't happen. I feel yeah, like maybe in the it's 90s such we had that. You know, you think about some of those dynamic duos with, you know, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. You, I mean, you had a lot of good teams in the 90s, but I guess it was all overshadowed by the Bulls. I, that's what I There mean, was a I'm lot like, of second again, tier, like a lot of very good second tier teams at that time. Right, right. And I think we kind of had that early in the Warriors era, This where you had like the Thunder could have beat them. The Rockets were kind of hanging around. The Cavs obviously did beat them. Um, but that was like three or four teams. And now we've got, you know, le- like legitimately six to nine teams could do it. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, you could convince me of any of them. We talked about the Celtics on the leftovers. You add Kemba to that, you know, to that mix and, you know, maybe add another front court piece to replace Al Horford and suddenly they're a real dangerous team too. So it's wide open in my mind yeah, with Kevin I, Durant out. I just hope free agency keeps the playing field level rather than make it top heavy. I, I, I just, that's mm. what worries me about free agency is that, you know, everybody tries to chase rings and we end up having four teams at the end of it that, uh, you know, have all the league stars. Let me ask you, if this specific scenario, would you make this team the favorite? Kyrie goes to the Lakers. Do they become the overwhelming favorite to you? Yes. Okay. Interesting. I'm just not sure. Those four guys would be tough to beat. I agree with that. I just, yeah. I mean. But he's a poison. No he question. Is. He is. But <laughs> you mentioned this earlier. It's, you know, LeBron has played with him before and he understands him, I think, to an extent. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. Kyrie's willing to go back and play one. with LeBron again. You know, but I don't see that happening. I think I think Kyrie. What if it. Kawhi goes? What if Kawhi goes to the Clippers? Are they your favorites in any way? Depending on who that Lakers get with that that max contract. Mm. Say say the Lakers don't get Kyrie. They just you know whatever they what get. If they like, get they use that Russell? money on. I'm I'm not there. I I don't th- I don't think it's going to go as smoothly as people think with that group. And and I people I forget. Think, I, think, that, I think him and Anthony Davis couldn't be a better. Fit basketball wise, LeBron, 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 and Anthony Davis. Yeah, I think that they they lack a little bit of shooting, but they are well, obviously yeah, just, really good. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, they definitely need shooters. Kuzma's an average shooter. I think he's he's a pretty good shooter. Yeah, but they definitely need three point shooters for sure. I could see JJ Redick, Redick going there. Yeah. Oh man, you had Redick and a bunch of just had a couple like Wayne Ellington's out there, a couple guys like that. And then, like, a legit, like, putting Rubio with them maybe or something like that. That's 
that's a really interesting group. Although LeBron basically is a de facto point guard, so you don't even need, you know, Beverly, something like that. You go Beverly and Redick, boy, that, that scares me a lot more than the team as presently comprised. Agreed. Well, we went long good. again, but uh, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do when we talk NBA. It's kind of our thing. Uh, is there anything is. you wanted to, to add before we, uh, before we get uh, to our weekend? No, sir. We got one next week when we do this, we should have some, some real concrete answers, which should be interesting. Yeah, should be fun. For Anshukana, I am Josh Dunn. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. We will see you guys next week. <laughs>